Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I'm Gus Kattengill, joined alongside Jim Eichenhofer, the true legend as it is. Looking forward, as always, to discussing a little Pelicans basketball, and our guest today will be David Wesley. He's coming up. He is one of those players that, you know, Jim was in Charlotte, was in New Orleans, has an understanding of that, and also, of course, is part of the Pelicans broadcast over at Bally's. On TV, and he will give us some insights to what to look at tonight. Jim, what a performance back on Monday night. That's how you start the week. And then on Wednesday, you get on the road. Game one of a three-game road trip. Oh, boy. It didn't start out the way you would have liked it. Or if you're the graph, that's exactly how you thought it was going to start. At the <laughs> end of the day, though, it started raining threes. And some guy named B.I. reminded everybody why he is an all-star caliber player. Yeah, started the way that some of the recent road games have gone. Where I mean, two of the last three road games, they've been down by 15 points in the first quarter. In the other road game recently, they were down by seven in the first quarter. So got to get off to better starts. But ultimately, at the end of the day, long story short, they did two things that I think they need to do and need to continue to do. And that is win on the road. They're five and seven on the road now and beat a team that's under 500. The Pelicans are still have a losing record against teams that currently have winning rec- or losing records. So got to just keep getting games like they did against the Wizards. I think one of the other things that stood out to me, too, is you did see this team kind of get that three-point shot, get going, and get mm-hmm. that fluidity. Look, I had somebody tell me at the gym that that's a game the Pels maybe in a pass lose. We've been talking about it here on the podcast. You have to take the steps. You have to show consistency to be one of those good teams in the league, right? And you don't want this to happen, but that's the second straight road game. You've been down by 15, right? but you have found a way to do it. I know Willie Green says it's trusting the process. It's staying within the game. Is that, though, a a true sign of growth that they are able to overcome 15-point deficits on the road? Yeah, I think so. Um, But I think what we're going to look for is for it to continue to happen, not have it just be a one-off or a a two-off in the game against Sacramento and the game against Washington. So, yeah, really positive sign that they're able to, you know, shake off early deficits. The second unit contributions from Najee and Jose, especially from an energy and defensive standpoint, were huge in that regard, both Mm -hmm. of the games against the Kings and the Wizards. So, yeah, and you mentioned the three-point shooting. I mean, to me, 
you could you could make a case that the best development of anything that happened Wednesday was Trey Murphy six for seven from three and looking like the guy that we saw last season. No doubt. I think one of the other aspects of it in that game, too, though, you saw, again, a big game by Jonas, CJ, and all those guys. And look, I'm not saying you you don't miss Zion Williamson, but you and I were kind of talking about it before we even started recording today. It's one of those things where if there's a road trip or if there's a moment, go get your ankle right. Could you have probably played? Can you tape it up? Can we go back in the day where you sh- I hear you. Mm-hmm. But th- this team is different, right? It's in a different place where man, we got to get him even at 70% to have a chance to win against bad teams. I think this team is deep enough to, are you hurt? Go get healthy. We'll see you when you're healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I hope that one of the things that we look back on over the course of this season and say that it's different from what the last season's team was, was, and I think Trey Murphy is a big part of this, is that to me he raises the floor of you know your worst case scenario you know you you can win more games against teams that aren't good you can win more games when you don't have a great night um because the talent level of this team is greater and therefore you hopefully you don't have a stretch like you did last season where a few guys were out and you lose 10 games in a row um so i do think that 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 one thing to watch this season um that they can win with if just zion's out or just a couple other guy here or there are out they can still be able to win games, whereas last season that was very detrimental to the hopes of the entire season. As always, Jim Eichenhofer, it's a pleasure. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When we are welcomed and graced by the presence of a one, David Wesley. Hells fans absolutely know who he is. He's part of the Bally's television broadcast. Studio analyst, sir, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well? Doing well. Yeah, well. Good. yeah David, um been a pretty eventful week around the NBA. I wanted to ask you about a couple things first before we get into some of the specifics of the Pelicans and the Charlotte Hornets, two teams that you played for, franchises that you played for in the past. Um, wanted to start out with um, kind of the Draymond Green situation. I'm, I'm curious, as a, <laughs> as a former player who also played in the, you played in the 90s, in the 2000s, when, you know, the game was a little bit more physical, but I mm-hmm. feel like the players kind of took care of things themselves a little bit to some extent. I'm yeah. curious what 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 was your reaction to the to the Draymond situation and how do you think he would have been handled like if he some of the things that he has done were done in the 90s back when the game was a little bit more physical. Well, I I think even we had our 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 guys like Draymond. Um Dennis Rodman was always divisive, always you always ask yourself is his problems outweigh his performance or his value to the team? And as long as your value, I mean, as long as your talent is up here, 
and your distractions almost don't matter. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green is starting to get to the end of his career where now his problems are outweighing his talent and his value on the court. And therefore, these look bad. You know, this is a different league. You don't see this as much. Uh, whereas when Rodman was doing it, most of his was kind of like Steve Kerr described it. First 10 years, it was just him cussing a ref out, getting thrown out. Now it's starting to be fights and, and altercations. Um, with Rodman, same thing. It was always just him being a loose cannon. He may go off the hinges and get thrown out of a game. But he wasn't necessarily fighting people. And when when you start throwing punches and acting like that was an accident, I mean, the one he had against Yusuf wasn't even close. I mean, there's not a person in the world that believes that any part of that was, oh, I was off balance and hit the guy. So um, I think they're getting him the right help. I like that they're trying. I hope it's not just just words. You know, we talk about let's help. You know, it's 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 an indefinite suspension. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What is what is him getting better look like? It's an abstract kind of feel good saying. What does that mean? Him get better. What means better? When does he come back? Does he come back? So I, I think the idea is good as long as he's getting the proper help. Yeah, and especially when you look at the fact too, David, where you know last year you had the pool incident, you know, where yes. that. And it, 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 look, let's be honest. Somebody on that team leaked that, right? For that to sort of happen, so it kind of gives you an idea of people are just kind of tired on it too, because even whether it's a work relationship or personal relationship and things don't go well and you do the old saying walk on eggshells. I mean, when you have somebody like that, that can just go off the hinges and it's not just affecting the game, but it's affecting your own team. It just makes the whole room uncomfortable on that aspect of it. But you brought up, I mean, I grew up in a time of watching Rodman with the bulls and the pistons and all that. And you're right. That was a trying to get under your skin sort of thing, but not necessarily trying to hurt your team too much. This is just kind of completely different because look, this isn't just us reading a headline. You've right. been a part of broadcasts where you had to post game, explain to Pels fans what happened in a game against the Warriors where New Orleans was doing well and Draymond went Draymond and New Orleans wound up losing. So it's affected yeah. our games. Yeah. Well, and, and in a lot of ways it's effective, you know, if, if, and, and I think Rodman saw the value in being divisive in that way, get in the other player's head, get the other player thrown out of the game get technical fouls on the other player, get them in foul trouble, all those things. Um, but when you start, when those things start hurting the team, and I remember even in Rodman's time asking that question, especially when he went to San Antonio, I'm thinking Popovich isn't going to put up with this kind of nonsense. And he did for a while. And again, you got to ask yourself, what, what's, does this distraction hurt the team in a long in a big way. And I think that's what, I think that's what Draymond's against right now is he's just, his t- he's not doing enough for them to keep him around doing these kind of things. Yeah. It, it seems like, I think the reaction around the league this time has been different maybe to some of the other ones. There's definitely been negative reaction to some of the things that Draymond has done. Um, there was a game in San Francisco against the Pelicans where he came down and took a layup and kind of, quote unquote, accidentally kicked Herb Jones. And then <laughs> as he was trying to get up, his foot somehow ended up on the side of Herb's head. Again. It happens. It just happens. I, I feel like people who watch that game yeah. <laughs> um, were very, including, I'll include myself in this group, were 
were not pleased at all. We're quite upset with the way that went down and the fact yeah. that he's also continued to stay in games. So it, yeah. it seems like lately there's just been less patience and less of a leash as far as letting him get away with stuff. I know that that's been something that has just really bothered people. And again, I'll include myself in that category. He used an expletive, David. He never does that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a calm guy over there. <laughs> Very calm. <laughs> you know, no, I, the, Sorry, the, the thing about the, the thing about um, um, Draymond is, I think that's part of the problem. Is the the officials have let him get away, get away, get away. Yes. I mean, we have our own players that that are very quiet, never get, never say anything, never complain, and they say one thing and all, and get a technical. And then you think back to a Draymond situation mm -hmm. where he's losing his mind, and they don't they don't tech him at all. So I think they've let him get away with so much, and you know the. He just keeps getting bolder and bolder until you have to do something like this to, to kind of say, all right, enough is enough. And you know that line, right, as a player? Because like, right. obviously yeah. in terms of – I was going to ask you in terms of when, when a team wants to play defense, like this team, Willie Green, wants to be predicated on defense. So being physical, getting up on players, boxing out, doing those things. Players understand that in the locker room, what that line is. What was David intentionally trying to elbow me in the ribs there? Was that just a basketball, you know, basketball move? Or you can tell right on the court if something feels funny or not. 100%. It's, it, you know what's an accident. You know what. And, and even so, and I'm sure when Draymond gets you, he don't just get you once. And certainly the first one you may say, Okay, that was just basketball. The second one, you're certainly starting to take notice and saying, all right, this guy's not playing. Uh, you know, he's playing a little dirty or or he's trying to take a shot at me. You know, another thing that happened in the league this week that I kind of enjoyed just from a standpoint of intensity, and it seems like there's a little rivalry developing between Indiana and Milwaukee. Um, after the game the other day when Giannis had 64 points, there was a big controversy where he was running around the arena trying to find the game ball. I guess one mm -hmm. thing I would ask you as a former player is, um, A, where is the game ball from the first basket that you scored in the NBA? Do you have that somewhere? And B, um, if not, have you ever – I have never even heard of of that, of a player scoring his first basket gets the game ball. So what were your thoughts on that? Uh, it That does not exist. <laughs> I, it's not a thing? <laughs> I, it, it, I mean, it's uh, – I have one game ball um, – it was my 10,000th 10, 10, point. Yeah. Uh, but, and and Giannis scoring, what was it, 64? Yeah. He deserved that game ball, but obviously Indiana is not going to be a part of, of that celebration because <laughs> given whoever his first shot, his first NBA shot, and maybe that was a request from him Yeah, because it's not a thing. Maybe he wanted it because he scored his first NBA basket but that's not a thing. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. And I think it was funny to think too, that there's some games where say it's the seventh or eighth game of the season and you have your 13th, 14th man haven't played at all. And they get in the game at the end. And it, so there might be games where there'd be three or four guys that score their first basket in the same game. So I don't know. Do you cut the ball into, <laughs> into like fourths or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, You don't do any of that. You <laughs> move on to the next game and hopefully you're around to get to something monumental. But I'm confused too. Wasn't it in Milwaukee? Yeah, it was in Milwaukee. Was in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? No, that was in Indiana. No, it was in. Milwaukee. I thought it was. Yeah. In but <laughs> it's it just struck me as oh, it struck me as the Pacers. Uh -huh. The Pacers just didn't want him to have the ball. Oh, that's what it were, came in. They were angry that he 
he tacked on points after the Bucks were already up by 15 or 20 in the last few minutes of the game. That's what it was. So some genius came up with the idea of like, let's just say that we're giving it to the rookie that scored his first basket. And that'll be how we end up, you know, keeping the ball away from him. So not in our building though. No, not in. (laughs) Maybe that's why he was running around like, like a crazy man. Cause he was thinking not in our building. I would feel that way. That's what it was for sure. But I do want to touch on that game real quick, and then we'll get into, obviously, tonight's game. Speak with David Wesley. Uh, I think, David, when you see that that continuation with the Pacers, we kind of saw that on their way to the finals of the play-in tournament, right? And I, I thought the Pacers and the Pelicans were kind of lumped into the, hey, two teams that hadn't won anything yet, haven't played in the postseason, but are trying to establish that, we're here. We want to make a little noise. And look, Halliburton kept saying, I, I want this stage. We do that. And you can tell this is a thing this year. They're trying to do that. Not that much different than the Pels. Maybe not as, as violent, right, or as brash. But we've heard this team, Willie Green and its players, say, we want to do something. And, and do you get that sort of sense and feeling? You can understand what Indiana's trying to do. And it's very similar to what maybe New Orleans is trying to do. I, I do understand that. And, and what both... Indiana and New Orleans got a chance to do is see someone who's been there in LeBron show what kind of intensity and what kind of passion and uh, energy and effort you have to play with to play at this level of playoff basketball. So two young teams, two teams who hadn't done it, got a chance to see, oh, this is where we got to get as opposed to where we came into this game because both games look really lopsided when it comes to intensity and almost want to, right? Um, but I think uh, Indiana, they're starting to see that success and they're starting to think, you start thinking different. When you, when you have that success, when you show yourself what you can do, you start thinking different. And I think the Pelicans are there as well. They're starting to think different. They're starting to say, okay, this is what it takes. And it's just a matter of getting that consistency. The Pelicans still haven't played, what, five straight games, six straight games with the same starting five? Right. So how do you get the continuity? How do you get the rhythm? I think that's what they're searching for. How quickly can they find it and, and get some consistency? Hopefully this trip, three bad teams, you start moving up the charts a little bit, get into a rhythm where, you know, you can put five, six, seven games in a row together and start making some separation. Cause right now it's one game. Good. Two games, bad, two games, good, two games, bad. So, um, yeah, I think I think I think both teams are looking what's that next level for them as far as playoff playoff runs go and, and see how well they can do. With where the Pelicans are right now, is it the kind of thing where you, you look at it and just say, I want to see a couple weeks of sustained consistency? You know, on the I feel like from a national perspective or a league-wide perspective, they, they might not be able to on this road trip get to the point where people are like, okay, they, they've arrived just based on the fact that they're playing teams that are really struggling. But I mean, you kind of look at it like, okay, you, 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 you play well on this road trip. You win a couple more games, you start to play some of the top tier teams. And at that point, for example, I, I heard doc rivers say on bill Simmons podcast that he think that he thinks the Pelicans are a team that people aren't going to want to play in the playoffs. I mean, what, what, what do you need to see for you to get to that point where you say, okay, now my confidence is here in this team. Well, I, I think I think my confidence is is in this team. I think the the frustrating thing for fans and all of us is 
the inconsistency. But these are young teams. These are teams that are dealing with injuries, those kind of things. So the consistency is going to be is going to have to be hard. But we've seen them play the top teams in the West. We've seen them play the best teams in the league and play extremely well. They had the top teams in the West within, what, 10 days and had each one of them down 20 points. Now, they didn't win all of them, but significantly kind of kicking their butt. So um, I, I think that I'm, I believe in this team. I think this team can be really, really good if they can get that consistency because when they when they bring their game, I don't think there's a team out there they can't beat. What do you think of uh, Trey Murphy's performance Wednesday? He had 27, was six for seven from three. Did you kind of feel like that was him getting closer and closer to what he showed in the last couple months of last season? Well, like most shooters, I'm thinking he should have got more shots. But <laughs> uh, other than that, yes. I, I, you know, he's starting to find his rhythm. Him and CJ are starting to get into that groove after being out. And um, and, and it's great. It's great to see. I, I think the Pelicans truly missed him. I like that he came back with his same aggressiveness from the year before after he got a lot of playing time and kind of came into his own. He's he's mixing it up. He's not just shooting. He's putting it on the floor and, and getting to the basket. So um, I like the way he's playing. I, I like the way this team plays. It, he's just got to – He's got to find that consistency somehow, some way. Wanted to ask you about, you know, specifically the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I remember, I think it was in 2018, I was there in Charlotte because I think it was the 30-year anniversary of them starting their franchise in, back in 1988 where they honored you and um, you got to wave to the crowd as they announced welcome back, David Wesley. I mean, what's it been like as far as just being a former player with the Charlotte Hornets? I mean, that – kind of that era i feel like they were such a cool kind of a cool team in the in the history of the league um and just kind of how your career was split between um charlotte and new orleans as well that you were here for the beginning of the team moving here that 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 stinks um the the, the stat thing being split uh right. yeah. from one team to the next um and for someone who didn't do a whole lot of stat stuffing those three years matter so uh, I wish they could have bought either all gone to Charlotte or I could have bought, brought them all to uh, New Orleans records. But um, great city. I, I love to visit there. I love living there. Uh, the fans are great there. Um, you know, that 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 90s era when they really, you know, really kind of hit the scene, uh, you know, with. Uh, Larry Johnson, who I didn't play with, Lonzo Mourning, who I didn't play with and that team. Um, Muggsy, Dale, all those guys. That was a fun team to watch. The uniforms were different. Everybody loved them, wanted to have them on. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got to that team in '97, it was it was it was still that that passion for this team. So um, you know, love playing there. The move was different because it wasn't like getting traded. And my first trade ended up being from New Orleans to Houston, but I did move from Jersey to Boston, Boston to Charlotte. So I knew about moving, but when you move the whole team, you basically have your buddies with you. Yeah. You're not kind of coming into a team where you're the new guy and you're trying to figure out your way around the city by yourself. So um, that was different, but it was fun. You know, when we got here to New Orleans, New Orleans people were great. Um, 
it came up to you, which was a little different. They, you know, they just run up to you and say, Hey, you know, welcome, welcome to new Orleans kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, really good time. I, I enjoyed the move. It was different because we went from East coast to West coast, Eastern conference to Western conference. Yeah. And that was my first time playing in the Western conference. So I thought it was kind of cool. I don't know about you, but I, I am really hoping they get back to the Eastern conference. I can go into a whole nother thing. It's real yes. easy. You want to do the, you know, expansion. You want to do that with Seattle and Vegas. Awesome. Because you look straight up the river, David, Memphis, yes. New Orleans, just sush them over to the East. We're good That's to go. Good. Cause I'm That's with good. you. I remember those time frames, you know, and, and it's a little different on that. But when you look at the Charlotte Hornets tonight and you see what kind of team they are on paper, here we go again. Here's a team that's below 500. They don't have double-digit wins. But what I've seen in the last two games, having done the scoreboard at halftime and post-game, David, they've given the Heat a game. And the Heat are pretty good, and they got some talented players. So what do you see and expect tonight when the Pels take on the Hornets? Well, and 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 that's this. these are the scary teams. The scary teams are the ones that uh, if I was a coach, I'd be thinking, are my players overlooking this team? Are they looking past this team? Which most human nature says most teams do it. They're looking past this team. So, but this team has some dogs out there. I mean, Terry Rozier can, can win you a game almost by itself. Um, Hayward, I mean, these guys, I thought Hayward was out of the league until all of a sudden I saw him, you know, he's out there playing and playing well. And I'm saying, Oh, is he back? Is he back? Because this guy's a an all-star caliber, twenty a game, uh, twenty point a game guy. So, um, you know, and 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 they're not a good team, but they have good individual players. And like I said about the Chicago, I mean the Washington game, if you let these guys stick around, they have guys that can beat you in the end. So you really have to have those tone setters that come out, set the tone early, not allow this team to kind of get going, get confidence get rolling because this team is starving for a win. They're not good and any win will do. And and so it's going to be up to the Pelicans to kind of go handle their business. Yeah. I think one of the things that's interesting about Charlotte for people who maybe don't pay close attention to them. Uh, um, unfortunately from their standpoint, LaMelo balls out tonight, so he won't play PJ Washington is questionable. Um, Mark Williams, their starting center is doubtful. So, I mean, they could be without several guys that, are important to what they do, but they also have, um, you mentioned Rozier, Hayward, uh, Miles Bridges has also had a really good start to this season. They Mm -hmm. definitely have a bunch of veteran guys that they're not the kind of, I think they're a little different from the Wizards in that they do have multiple players who are established in the league and have done, you know, stuff that makes you go into a game saying, if these guys are all clicking, we, we're going to be in for a, a big battle and a huge fight tonight. So, um, you know, one thing I wanted to mention that you referenced, by the way, I mean, I grew up in New York State, and uh, on every basketball court, there was somebody with a Larry Johnson jersey or mm-hmm. Alonzo Alonzo Mourning jersey. So that was kind of kind of yeah. funny. One thing I thought of, it's just s- such a unique thing. Um, kind of wanted to ask you, going back to your career, too, and you talked about the start of the, the team here in New Orleans from 2002 to 2005, which actually predates me. So that was an era that I, I was not even here for. Um, uh-huh. I was wondering who who on those teams, I know a lot of people in the city, people maybe that are in their 20s or early 30s have fond memories of those those squads because for a lot of people it was, you know, the first time the NBA had been here since the 1970s. But um, who, who are some of the guys that were kind of your favorite teammates on those New Orleans teams from the early 2000s? 
You know, PJ was always, uh, you know, one of those players that that was similar to me. He, you know, wasn't loud, wasn't it wasn't in your face. Came, worked hard. Um, I loved playing alongside him uh, for a year. I played uh, with Daryl Armstrong, uh, really good teammate, fun guy, um, really wild guy, Chris Anderson, who. Um, like he was fun to have around, you know, he had his problems and, and things like that. But um, I love that guy. Um, Lee Nalon, I still talk to him sometimes. Baron Davis was probably the funniest guy on the team. Big clown, love to, to get at you. Um, I don't know if I could pick a favorite guy. Yeah. I, those, those would probably be the teammates that I – and I had to go back and look at the roster. There's, mm-hmm. there's names on there that I didn't even – I don't even remember. I couldn't pick those guys out of a lineup. So, uh, you know, I, but, and, and then there were some, there were some names on there that I was, I thought, man, I haven't thought about that name in years. So uh, like, like uh, G- junior Harrington mm. only here for a second, but you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he stood out and he was a good dude, good player, just never really kind of caught on. So yeah. I remember those teams. It's funny, the 0405 team, which was the season before I started. So I started in 0506, and I remember lo- looking back at that roster and being like, there's got to be eight to 10 guys that I could not tell you anything about. And it's funny yeah. because I remember when people asked me, you know, how bad was that 0405 team? You were traded like partway through that season, right? And they won, they won 18 games. But um, I think one of the things that stood out about that roster, if you look back on it, is how many players that was the last time that they ever played in the NBA. So they right. were they were on the 0405 New Orleans team. And then that was if you look on basketball reference, that was the last season that they ever played in the league. So it kind of <laughs> should tell you a little bit. Well, that was the reason they won 18. I remember I those nights. Yes. I think Dan Dickow was the star of that team. After he was on billboards the on the break. interstate over Carrollton, man. I remember right. it like it was yesterday. Dan bleeping Dickow. He was the yeah. man. He was, Dan he, was, Dickow. he was a hero. Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was funny. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was traded that year, December 27th. We were getting ready to play Indiana. I'm getting ready for the game and bam, got the call. So it's a, it's a weird feeling. And I went right from there to Indiana from India. I mean, I went from there from Indiana straight to Houston, Mm -hmm. did the physical the next night flew back to Cleveland because with new Orleans, we had just played Cleveland and played Cleveland twice in three days. You know, we went through, uh, I guess we kind of could wrap up with this. We went through some of the, not so great memories in terms of that team struggling and having a lot of players that we couldn't identify if they walked into the studio right now. But right. What, what what do you think was your best memory from those three seasons in New Orleans? What do you think was the thing that you look back at the most fondly, whether it was, you know, being in the playoffs the first two years? It's funny when I think back on it too, you, you that team kind of played against two kind of historic pivotal moments in that part of the NBA history in terms of, played the Sixers and Alvin, Alvin Allen Iverson the first year yep. and then played uh, Dwayne Wade in the heat, which that was his rookie year. Did, we didn't know what he was going to turn into, but um, what, what do you think is the thing that you look back on the most favorably and the most positively moment wise? I, I think, I think the playoff runs, I, I think stick out. Um, you know, I want to say that Miami series is the series where um I want to say 
Baron Davis hit the buzzer beater that didn't, or maybe that was the Orlando. See, this is where the memories all run together. <laughs> but, the, you know, just, just I, I think the playoff runs we had here, you know, I had three different coaches um, here in New Orleans. Mm. Paul Silas, Tim Floyd, and then Byron Scott. So yeah, that's, a, that's a lot for three years. Yeah, yeah. for three yeah. years. Yeah, three years <laughs> for, for, even though we weren't a new team, we were in a new area, but um yeah, but for us to make the playoffs in the two years, the two full seasons I was here, I, I think that's the part that sticks out for me. All right. You know what? My final question is real easy. Jim and I want to play a game of 21, not against each other, but who am I, who am I selecting? Am I going with you and Antonio Daniels? In a game of 21? Mm-hmm. Who's my teammate? Are you going to help me or do I need to go with, with AD? Who's winning between you two is what I'm getting at because I'm not going to provide much. Okay. So – uh He's winning because he still plays. Okay. <laughs> I don't play. No, I, don't, I, don't, play. I, don't. I can feed you. What if I drive and kick? Can I drive and I, kick? Can you just sit in the corner? I, 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 I can't. I am not going to defend. I'm not running. We we better not have to run to half court or the three point <laughs> line and touch or anything like that. I, I just yeah. I'm I'm simply catch and shoot. No, you catch and shoot. Okay, I was just okay. that's fine. I mean, as long as we have the game plan and how to work yeah. with that, and <laughs> I'll just call right. fouls a lot. You know, I'll body up. Oh, you know, you're Jim Charles Barkley. You're bit, the whole you know? show. I'll lock down Jim. You know, I'll just lock down Jim, and then that way, no, you know. No, no, no. You're Charles Barkley. You're rebounding, <laughs> defending, passing, everything. You're doing it. Hard fouls. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just you know. Well, well, it's not today's game though, David. We're all we're all going right. to sit on the perimeter. That's what we're all going to do. Um, look, man, looking forward to tonight's game, and obviously, see what the season goes. It's hard to believe that we only got two weeks left in this calendar year, and then it's off and running. So. Um, thanks for joining us. We're obviously going to see you again here on the Pelicans podcast, get more insight and talk more little basketball, man. So thank you for your time. All right. You guys have a good one. Good to see you. All right. Our thanks to David Wesley, Jim, always fun. We, we could do that for like an hour and a half. No doubt. We definitely could. Yeah. He's the uh, true legend of new Orleans basketball. Are you surprised though? He kind of seemed like he was trying to back out of our game of 21. And kind of seemed yeah. like he was trying to back out. Of yeah. It. He definitely, yeah. uh, seems hesitant to, uh, yeah to play it's funny to to see the difference between former players there's some guys that are still like i want to play every chance i get and then there's other guys that are like yeah. the moment i put up my sneakers from the nba i don't want to ever play basketball again and i'm totally fine with that and yeah. that seems to be the it way went completely is. the other way around i was hoping that i would be the guy who would just be the catch and shoot and a real nba player right, would be the right. you know the guy that would try to get us that win in 21 <laughs> either that or he's a little nervous about watching Antonio Daniels and <laughs> he does actually look like he could still play. AD. Yeah. He's in, he's in Antonio is in incredible shape for, I mean, having been out of the league for a while and having retired a long time ago. Yeah. I, I know he still plays frequently. Okay. So yeah. yeah, he's a, yeah, he's the, uh, I guess David isn't the guy that you're going to say, Okay, carry us. Yeah, he he no. wants you to do that. Yeah, I, I was not prepared for that <laughs> for sure. Are you going to carry us the rest of the way here in our final segment as we take a look at tonight's game, Charlotte Hornets, and then on Sundays the San Antonio Spurs. On paper, these should be wins, but why should we be a little cautious on that? What do we expect tonight? Yeah, I think Charlotte is um, a dangerous offensive team. They they're definitely they're one of the worst teams defensively in the entire league, which is also the case for the Spurs, which is Sunday's opponent in a two thirty. PM game. Um, but I think we talked about this a little bit with David, but to me, the most dangerous part of the Hornets is that they have guys like Terry Rozier, Gordon Haywood, who've been in the league for a long time and can get you 30, 35 points any given night. Miles Bridges also 
is a, a guy that you have to worry about. So I think one of the matchups that I'm looking at and one of the matchups to watch that I mentioned in the the FanDuel keys is going to just be the Pelicans' wing defense against some of the players that I mentioned. It's it's important that they not let you know multiple guys among Rozier, Hayward, and Bridges have big nights. I think if they can do that, if they can keep those guys in check to some reasonable degree, they'll have a really good chance to win. And I think one of the things too that I'm I, I'm I'm a basketball fan. I am interested to see how this team plays against Victor Wimbayama on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's going to play. He didn't right. play the last time mm-hmm. here because there was a back-to-back. Right. And that was, this won't be a back-to-back. That was his first game he'd missed, too. So right. I am excited mm-hmm. just to see that from this standpoint because he's not going anywhere, Jim. <laughs> he's still mm-hmm. young and he's a rookie. Yeah. So at some point in the future, that team is going to be good, especially with him. I mean, I just saw a poster what last week against Houston. I, I I'm just it's all about matchups in the mm-hmm. NBA. Who's matching? Who's guarding him? Is Herb Jones, you know, gonna be on him? Yeah, I, I that's just, a good I question. Mean, yeah, so yeah. I'm curious from mm-hmm. that standpoint because it hadn't happened yet. Right. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting to think about who will guard him. Um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, they're gonna be there and they're they're gonna be I think a presence in the future. I think one thing that will happen in the somewhat somewhere in the future too is that they will win a game. They have an 18-game losing streak right now. They play the Lakers tonight. Um, I, I, by the way, I, I heard CJ McCollum mention in his podcast that he um, wanted the Spurs to get a win before Sunday because you don't want to. That's how be, I feel. Like you, some point, yeah, the you, odds. You don't want to be. You don't want them going into that game with a 19. You don't want to play any team that's on a 10-plus game losing streak. They lost to the to the Lakers by two. Right. But they put up 40-something points in the fourth quarter. So clearly mm-hmm. the Lakers were up big, and they thought it was over. Right. But they put up 47 points, 45 mm-hmm. points in the fourth quarter. Jim, that tells me they don't quit. Right. I mean, I, I you don't put up 40 points in the fourth quarter in a game that clearly you're down big if right. your coach isn't Greg Popovich. So that that's mm-hmm. the thing that, can they win? Yes. But you're going to go have to earn it Sunday. Right, and just like the Hornets, they have some guys, maybe not as far into their career, but they have some guys that can hurt you, whether it's Keldon Johnson or Devin Vassell. Um, Doug McDermott is a guy that I every time he shoots, I'm like, oh boy, this is this is probably going in. So, yeah, they, uh, you know, every game you have to be concerned about what the other team can bring to the court. So, but like you, I am looking forward to seeing uh, Wemby play against the Pelicans for the first time. Um, but the, the Pelicans, I mean. They've struggled so much historically in San Antonio. It's been great to see the success that they've had on that home court over the last couple of years, and hopefully that will continue on Sunday. Defeat, breakdown, collapse, downfall, fiasco, lack of success, overthrow, loser. These are all synonyms, apparently, that popped up when I typed in the word failure. Mm. I, I'm going to try to come up with a, with, a, with a good word. You're just so much better at English <laughs> language than I am. So we'll, we'll come up with a nice fancy word uh, on that here as well. Wow, 101 different synonyms and anonyms for failure. I didn't know there was that many ways to say that <laughs> You know, on that. Do, do you think the Pels come home with, with a good road trip? Yes, I, I think so. I, I don't like to make predictions because I feel like I'm usually wrong. Well, I have a sheet of paper here. I'm going to keep tabs, and that way we can talk about it. <laughs> the, one, the one thing I always used to say when people would ask me whether they were going to win, especially at the home games that people were there for in person, is I would usually say, the one thing I can guarantee is that there will be a basketball game played. However, there was a game that got rained out against the Pacers yes. where there was a leak in, in the roof, and at that point I was like, I can't even tell you for sure that there will be a basketball game, so I'm done making predictions. Tell you what, I don't know who crawfished more today, folks. David Wesley from our game of 21 or Jim Eichenhofer from predicting a win. Uh, as always, man, appreciate the time. What can people find on pelicans.com with you? Yes, yeah, so we'll have uh, weekends recaps of the games. 
Saturday, because Sunday's a 2.30 game, I'm going to try to do the preview stuff for the San Antonio game on Saturday afternoon or Saturday early evening so that you know, you're not getting that right before tip-off. Um, but looking forward to this these two games and hoping that the Pelicans can keep it keep rolling and keep getting further above 500. Uh, Jim Eichenhoff, uh, Jim underscore Eichenhoff over on X on Twitter. Gcat underscore 17 for myself as well. We'll see you again on Monday, our next edition of the Pelicans podcast. As always, thank you for tuning us in right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.